Sports Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. All right, Ian, it's been, uh, it's been a minute since we actually recorded anything, but here we are looking at uh, the start of the season, obviously OTAs, mini camps, uh, all the preseason stuff is getting ready to ramp up here as we reach the end of June. And obviously for us, what we are going to try and focus on a little bit is some of the, some of the action that's out there that Broncos fans, that Broncos country can jump on. Um, we talked a little bit before we started recording about a couple of couple of places we might go to uh, place some bets, and one of them is squarely in the position of the guy who I just did a roster review on, and that's uh, Pat Sertain, a uh, little PS2 for you. And it's based on the value, which is what we constantly look for when we bet, no matter the amount that we throw down our units as it's referred to. There is incredible value in PS2 as defensive player of the year. And I said this a year ago when he was plus 10,000. It's not as good as last season, but it's still really, really, really good value at plus 4,000 at DraftKings Sportsbook for PS2 to be the defensive player of the year. I I will say this, he is going to eventually win it. So putting a flyer on it and doing it regardless of what you bet 10 bucks, 20, which I think the casual better is doing these days. If you're one of those people who does big bets like 100 bucks, obviously if it wins, you're going to bring home 5,000 bucks. But it's worth it. I to me, I would put I will put a flyer on this until he wins it because he's eventually going to win it. It's just like to to tie in a reference to another Colorado uh, team and athlete, Kale McCarr, eventually winning the Hart Trophy, not the Norris Trophy, which he's won. Eventually, Kale McCarr is going to win the Hart Trophy as the most valuable player in the National Hockey League. It is going to happen. It's a matter of when, not if. The same is true for PS2 with Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I think that what we uh, have discovered in his first two seasons is that is that PS2 is a, a generational talent. We usually use that phrase for quarterbacks. I know there's, um, there's a long history of generational talent uh, that we, you know, sort of assign to the quarterbacks. You know, John Elway was a generational talent, right? Uh, Andrew Luck more recently. Trevor Lawrence even more recently than that. Uh, what's the kid I'm blanking on? Caleb Williams. It, some people are putting him up there right now. So uh, we don't generally assign that to a defensive back. But uh, if you're looking at Pat Sertan and you're looking at the history of just cornerbacks in Denver on its own, right? You're Chris Harris. You're Aqib Tlaib's your Champ Bailey Hall of Famer, your Louis Wright, the original shutdown corner. There is a, a Hall of Famer. Who should be a Hall of Famer. Thank you. Uh, there is a history of good cornerback play in Denver. And so uh, he is continuing that, which is great. And then on top of it, uh, you want to, like you said, throw a little throw a little scratch on there and maybe walk away with a little extra because you've, you know, you've put your faith in him. I think that's a great way to go. I know I am uh, 
I, I am going to put a little bit of money on that. Probably, you know me, I'm, I'm a big, big better, lots of money, probably a dollar, maybe two, you know, who knows? I just see how crazy it gets. You never know over here. I sometimes will just, just start throwing coins around. That's just how I roll. Uh, I don't make it rain. I make it hail. So <laughs> just to, so as a, such, such a bad joke, I just dove in on it too. I was like, I'm going to say it because uh, coins are hard. So if you don't understand the hail joke, that's okay. Look it up. Uh, but that is definitely a good place for us as far as fans go. Cause it is something that you can look at PS2 as the bright spot over the course of the last couple of seasons for the Denver Broncos. There haven't been many. It's been difficult over the course of the last almost full decade. And so when you, when you have a guy like that who comes in and immediately puts his stamp, not just on the team, but on the league, you can, you can feel good about putting your money on him. And, and I think you're right. I think it's more a matter of when, not if you bet a dollar a year for the next 10 years, that's $10 total. You hit once you've made your money back and then some. So I, I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, the other, and I'll, oh, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll give, I'll give some insight into why there's potential for this to hit. If Sean Payton does what he does and that's have a high scoring offense, that's going to give Pat Sertan a lot of opportunities to make plays because that means the opposing team is going to have to throw the football. Yeah. And if the Broncos are able to get pressure, which Vance Joseph coach defenses are aching to do more opportunities for Pat Sertan to make plays. So it's lining up for him to be in a position to show the rest of the league, I think they already know how good he is, but with the spotlight on him and with the offense, hopefully finally able to get over this seven-year hurdle, it's going to benefit him. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a really good point in that last season, even in an all-pro season, his numbers were slightly down. Uh, he's not afraid to make tackles. If you look at his tackles, his tackles are always, you know, have have always been since he's been in the league. I know it's only two years uh, up there. He doesn't shy away from the contact, but his interceptions were down. His passes defensed were down. His he didn't he didn't get a pick six like some of us had hoped. Obviously, uh, all of us had hoped for that. But a, a big reason for that is he has done what most true shutdown corners do, and that's eliminated half the field. If if you're a quarterback, one of the things you do is you look to where the best defensive players are and you go, yeah, I'm not going to go that direction. So one thing that happens is you end up forcing the hand of the opposing offense by putting Pat Sertan on one side of the field or the other or on your best wide receiver, whatever it may be, and saying, you got to beat me somewhere else. And most teams will choose to try and go somewhere else rather than uh, go at your best player. So it, it is something that if the if the ball is being forced into the air simply by the amount of points that the Denver Broncos could potentially score this year, that is a uh, that's a good sign for Pat Sertan and his ability to potentially increase his in- interceptions, his pass defense, his tackles, all of those stats that will go into looking at whether or not he was an, uh, a successful and effective cornerback. So. Uh, it is it is one of those cool things that shapes up to be uh, a potentially uh, I don't I want to say sort of pushing him towards that defensive player of the year, but you're absolutely right. And you bring up Sean Payton, uh, 
and he's the other guy that we talked about, Sean Payton as coach of the year. So that's another place that you could potentially put your money and maybe find uh, a little bit of value there. To, to go back a little bit to Pat Sertan, I think what would really help him is to shut down or is it not not shut down but limit Devontae Adams. In that first game against the Raiders in week one, if he's able to limit Devontae Adams, that will set him up and put him on the right path to potentially get that award. Well, and you and mentioned can Sean I, Can I jump in then? I want to double down on that sure. a little bit because you're not wrong. He also he plays Devontae Adams twice. He gets Tyreek Hill. He gets Justin Jefferson. He gets uh, – who who else does he get? This He gets uh, Scary Terry McLaurin. So the the wide receivers that, that Pastor Tan will face this season are – some of the better wide receivers in the league and and he's going to he's going to have to show out if the Broncos are going to be successful which means that if he does his job against some of the best receivers in the NFL I mean what what else can you say and there's also Aaron Rodgers with the Jets which everyone's talking about the Jets is this the year for the Jets to finally get over the hurdle from Super Bowl 3 if he's able to have a big game in that game, again, it sets him up. In terms of Sean Payton, at DraftKings, he's currently plus 900 to win Coach of the Year. So not as good as plus 4,000, but that's still great value. $10 would win 90 bucks, Or a dollar would win nine. Remember, exactly. nickels and dimes, nickels and dimes. <laughs> the favorite is Lions coach Dan Campbell at plus 850, which is weird because he's been the favorite the last two years now I'd, I'd say the only way that Dan Campbell could get that award is if he one gets the Lions into the playoffs wins the NFC North but at, because it's a regular season award what happens in the playoffs doesn't matter so if he gets them a top seed like obviously if they win the division they'll be top four if they're able to get top two he has the potential but Sean Payton being off a couple of seasons, coming back to the Broncos, who have been, needless to say, downtrodden for seven years. If he gets them into the playoffs, he wins coach of the year. I, th I think you're probably right. I, I don't see how you can uh, look at the Denver Broncos and what they are and what they have been. Add Sean Payton into the this uh, you know mix of of whatever recipe this is, they go to the playoffs. How do you not go that direction? And the other thing that helps him there is that he has ties to the media, right? He took a couple years off. He spent some time on Fox. Uh, he did, did a lot with Colin Cowherd, who I think if you've listened to, to Ian and I before, we're not, we're not super big on Colin Cowherd, but whatever. Um, but it does bigger on him than Nick Wright. I, well, yeah, because Nick Wright is usually Nick wrong. Uh, it's just, just look at his, his nuggets takes. That's all you got to do. But just to sort or of, don't. or yeah, right. But he, he does sort of have that media thing going for him. One of the things I find fascinating about these awards and, and it is frustrating at times, your connection with the media is one of the things that can get you over the hump for things like coach of the year because you were in the media for a couple of years and you were, you know took some time off or as we've seen in the past hall of fame guys who put themselves out there in the media and start making those media connections we saw this with steve atwater right it took him way too long to get into the hall of fame 
Then he gets he gets going on a, a show on the radio in Denver and starts to make those media connections. And what happens? He gets more traction. He eventually ends up in the Hall of Fame. Those are the kinds of things that, as frustrating as they are, they do lend themselves to the uh, awards and accolades that are given by the media to the players. And that is something that I think Sean Payton will benefit from. And again, as you've said, as long as they make the playoffs, what are we talking about here? Is there really any other direction you can go? Uh, and and I doubt that there is. So, yeah, those would be the two bets I think right now uh, that that I would focus on and that I might throw a little a little bit of money at just because I think that there's there's definitely value in there. And especially with Sean Payton, if he's able to get Russell Wilson turned around yeah. on top of getting the Broncos into the playoffs, I, I I don't want to say a lock because it's gambling right? and you don't know what's going to happen. But if both of those things happen, he turns Russell Wilson around and the Broncos make the playoffs, he is a lock for NFL Coach of the Year. I, th- I think that's a good way to look at it. So obviously there's variables that have to take place, right? Things have to happen correctly, but it's all set up, right? The, the pins are there. They just got to get knocked down. And, and hopefully that's what's going to happen. Um, maybe we let's turn to a, a little bit of Broncos. Uh, let's call it rumors, not news. It's not news, right? But there's definitely some rumors swirling news, around out there. Yeah, there's, definitely there's like, rumors. There's literally no news. Like that's the... That does, it's the worst thing. I, I hate this time of year because the news is always like, well, we, we this guy said this. Of course he did. It's the offseason. Nobody's going to say anything of value anyway. So uh, it, is, it is frustrating. But the rumor mill is one where you've got a guy like Dalvin Cook who's out there who is potentially available to come to Denver, and that could be a good fit. I, I don't know. If Denver is where Dalvin Cook wants to be, he's not a Colorado guy. He's obviously a Florida guy and uh, played his college days in Florida at uh, Florida State. Uh, I believe he's a Miami product and would really like to play in Miami. But the opportunity to play for a coach like Sean Payton with uh, a potentially revived Russell Wilson and a pretty solid receiving core and you wouldn't be uh, – you know, you could be the guy who sort of comes in and allows Javante Williams to kind of get through his injury time. Couldn't hurt. Wouldn't be a terrible thing. I, I don't know what the odds are of of uh, Dalvin Cook landing in Denver, but I I know they're not awful. I think it would be fun. I you pair him with Javante Williams. I will say you're central. not going to have a guy. You're not going to have a guy who's going to fumble at the one yard line, and then blame everyone else for it. But I, I like it. I, I think Dalvin Cook and Sean Payton's offense could be like a Melvin Ingram and Javante Williams could be Alvin Kamara. I do like That's that. kind of the pairing that I think you, you could see it, if it, Javante Williams is able to come back from his ACL injury. As you say, it does depend on Javante Williams' ability to return. I know that a lot of the uh, reports have been positive or at least in the positive direction in regards to Javante Williams. But there's with knee injuries, there's always so many unknowns that can impact what happens with a player. And the biggest hurdle for see Jamal Murray. Yes, exactly. The and the and really the biggest thing is 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 mental. Right? There's a mental hurdle there 
that guys will talk about that first cut, right? Am I going to be able to make that first cut or am I going to, is my knee going to give out? And so you see the process physically go quicker than the process mentally, which takes longer. And anybody who's ever experienced an injury and knows what that's like, you know that just coming back from an injury, your your brain is more concerned about what could happen than your body is. Your body knows it can do these things, but your brain holds you back. And and that's something that we'll have to, to pay attention to with Javante Williams. Bringing in a guy like Dalvin Cook eases that a little bit, allows him to slowly work his way back in versus I got to get out there because there ain't nobody else here. So I, I think it would be a great fit. The, the biggest thing is, does Dalvin Cook want Denver? Because I think Denver would want Dalvin Cook. And that's not to say that Samaji Pirine isn't going to be an impact, but he has a hand injury that he suffered during OTA's minicamp. So who knows how long he's going to be out because Sean Payton told the media it was the most in-depth that he'll get with an injury, saying that he has an injury. But we don't really have a timeline on when P. Ryan could be back. So that's why I think these rumors are starting to heat back up again is because of that injury to P. Ryan and the uncertainty around Javante Williams. If both were healthy, I don't think there's any way the Broncos are looking at Delvin Cook. But the reason this rumor is still bubbling at the surface is because of the uncertainty to Williams and the hand injury to P. Ryan. There's a lot going on, and there's really not a lot going on. I hate it when that happens. It really bothers me. Um, because there's not a ton going on, right? OTAs are – how far away are we from that? Or mini camps have already sort of taken place. From training camp? Yeah, from training camp. I keep... We're about four four weeks from training camp, I mean, end of July. It's coming, right? It's gonna it's it's upon us, but not it's not sitting right on top of us. But because of that, we do have some – In the meantime, like... we're going to have to suffer more Russell Wilson workout videos. God, can, we, can he just – is it – impossible for him to stop it is right it's just who he who is. works out that way well i you know what if you want to work out that way work out that way i have no problem with you sliding back and forth i actually see the value in it it's great whatever do your thing but please stop making videos and i i'm sure there doesn't a, have the catchphrase to go uh, with it i'm sure there's a like a paid partnership there and uh, i i half expected him to go let's slide I'm sorry. I I apologize. I'm not, I'm not cutting it, but I I shouldn't have said it. Any anyway, I think we all know our feelings on Russell Wilson and his stupid hype videos. We we bought into it last year. I'm done with it now, and so when they come out, I just ignore them. But Denver is uh is a place where champions play now, right? Is that it is? So the Broncos got to step their game up. And you brought up a sort of an interesting article. Uh, that I mean, I guess I'll let you introduce it, but it's it's one that is a it's kind of an interesting thought. And there's going to be a visceral emotional reaction as a Bronco fan. You had it, I did. But then you're like, wait a minute. So Mark Kisla, longtime columnist for the Denver Post, I don't know if it was a column or if it was just uh, kicking it with Kiz thing, but he said. Stan Kroenke has overtaken Pat Bolin as the best owner in Denver sports history. Uh, well, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like I don't like that phrase. Best owner in Denver sports history. So here's here I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two things at you. Number one, um, the Denver Broncos have been to 
several Super Bowls. Several, right? I mean, it, it's it's a lot. It's a it's just it's Eight. a lot. How many championships? How many how many potential championships have the Abs and the Nuggets been to? Like, how many times have they gone to? the the top of the mountain and had to play a game there or or a series because hockey and basketball are different. Not it's not eight. The the Nuggets just got done winning their first ever NBA Finals in their first appearance in the NBA Finals. So that's one. I don't believe the Abs have ever lost in the Stanley Cup Finals. If I know my sports history correctly. So they're three and that's four. Now being four and zero oh in in the championships is good. Last I checked, that's an undefeated record. Congratulations to Stan Kroenke. Without Pat Bolin, we we probably aren't doing what we're doing right now. So I'm not saying that that because you and I are recording a podcast that makes Pat Bolin the greatest owner in sports history in Denver. I'm saying it puts him in the upper echelon of sports owners in the history of sports owners, period, not just in Denver, which to me means that Stan Kroenke has a long way to go to to get to that Pat Bolin level. That does not mean that he isn't currently the best sports owner in Denver because, you know, pro sports and and probably pro sports. You're absolutely right. Because because. Don't forget the Avs won the Stanley Cup last year. Yep. The Nuggets just won the NBA championship. Oh, and the Rams won the Super Bowl two years ago. Do you think Stan Kroenke could buy the Yankees for us? Because as a as a Yankee fan, I, I would like for them to win a World Series at some point. You think you think the Steinbrenners would sell to him? I think uh, locally, I think they would love for him to buy the Rockies. Please. But that would sure. mean that Dick Montfort would have to sell, which he'll never do because he has his golden ticket from his daddy, who is the reason he has everything and no business. Oh, I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah. I'm hey, not, here's, nope. I'm not getting sucked don't do in. Don't do that. And I'll give you two reasons why. One, my uncle uh, plays golf with uh, Dick Montfort. And so I kind of still want the opportunity to get. Uh, cheap Rockies tickets, if possible. So let's not mess that up. Not that, not well, that. That's Dick, not gonna. You're, Dick, Dick's not listening. Cheap. Dick's not listening. Um, but maybe uh, his drunk brother is. But <laughs> it's possible. But also, uh, yeah, let's not go down that rabbit hole because it is. It it can be frustrating. How, however, I think, and the, it'll never change. I think the discussion then turns to, what does the Walton Penner Group have to do? to reclaim that. And and the obvious answer is you got to win a Super Bowl. You have to win one Super Bowl. You have to go maybe you have to at least go to I would say two or three Super Bowls and win one or two of them to start to get into that discussion. As of right now, they're just the richest owners in uh the NFL, and that could change at any moment. But until they win a Super Bowl, maybe go to two, win one, what are we even talking about? Because Stan Kroenke is putting his money where his mouth is. Which is a lot of money. God, Not as much money. as the Walton Penner group. But I, you're right. They need to at least win one Super Bowl. But this is throughout the course of their ownership. And I I, I think people are going to inevitably compare them to Pat Bolin, which I think is unfair. It's a completely different league. It's a completely different time. You have super owners now where you have Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, the Avs, the Nuggets, the Rapids, the Mammoth, 
And then he also owns uh, Arsenal, which just finished second in the English Premier League. Actually, a huge so, collapse on Arsenal's part as well. From my understanding, and my brother is an Arsenal fan, they were going to win and then pff, tanked. So not to not to throw a little wet blanket on that for them, but uh, yeah, that was not a, not a good finish for, for Arsenal. I mean, we could get into an English Premier League debate because I just was overseas in London and up in the Lake District. It is amazing how people just don't care about Manchester City. Like, it's just like, eh, whatever. They're buying their championships. They have, like, they have their third stringers could literally be starters on every team in the English Premier League. So they're just like, eh, whatever. And apparently, they don't have fans. Like, well, of who course sits you're in the have... stadium? I've seen the stadium. Who sits in the stadium when they play? I watch a little soccer. I've seen that. It's full every time they play. So who's there if they don't have fans? Will they be there if they weren't winning? Probably not. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, these are that... probably also Cowboys fans. Yeah, ask, and ask, Lakers ask most fans. franchises. That's kind of how it goes, I suppose. Ooh, but I, anyway, I, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Walton Penner group. I, I think they need to get off on the right foot. And if they do decide to build this vanity project out east by the airport, as we've said multiple times, they cannot, they cannot use these stupid seat fees that other teams are using because you're going to lose a fan. You're going to lose part of the fan base if you do that. And it's going to set you up in a position to where it's not about the fans. It's about the money. 